Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Friday, December 11th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's how we're making you smarter today. Jonathan Swan's scoop on President Trump's expansive pardon plans. Plus, how to enforce who gets a COVID vaccine. But first, increasing opposition to some Biden cabinet nominees is today's one big thing. It's been a busy week for President-elect Biden, who's naming his cabinet picks. Marsha Fudge for Housing and Urban Development, Javier Bacara for Health and Human Services. But some announcements haven't been going smoothly. Here to walk us through the controversies is Axios political reporter Hans Nichols. Hans, I think the most controversial to date has been Biden's pick for defense secretary, retired General Lloyd Austin. Why has this been such a difficult choice for some people? Because he needs a waiver to the 1947 National Security Act to allow someone who was in uniform for the last seven years to be defense secretary. And that sets up almost a three-stage process. You have a vote in the House, you have a vote in the Senate, and that's just on whether or not they're going to grant the waiver. And then you have the broader question of will he get 50 votes under the Senate's normal advise and consent clause. And what does it mean when military veterans like Senator Tammy Duckworth have said they won't support the waiver? It's really shocking news for the Biden team. And the issue here is a really serious one. And that is, do you have civilian control of the Department of Defense? And there's a law in the books. A lot of senators said when they made an exception for Jim Mattis about four years ago that this is a once in a generation exception. The progressive wing of the party is also not happy with Joe Biden. Senator Bernie Sanders told our colleague Alexi McCammon that, quote, The progressive movement deserves a number of seats, important seats in the Biden administration. Have I seen that at this point? I have not, he said. How much is this setting up future battles with the progressive wing of the party? The personnel fight is really previewing the policy fight that we're going to have. I will say that the Biden people don't think that they won by cowing to progressives. So I wouldn't expect them to do that much of that, either on the personnel front or the policy front. They see a path in the middle. That's how they think they won the primary, and that's how they think they won the general. So Bernie Sanders' quotes notwithstanding, they're probably going to shrug it off. Hans, many of Biden's cabinet picks are familiar faces from the Obama administration. So why is Joe Biden choosing so many Obama repeats? That's where the talent is, right? The talent and the people who have experience in the Democratic Party served in the last administration that shared many of the same goals the next administration is going to share. What are you watching for now? Just the number of votes that Democrats are going to lose on the waiver issue for Lloyd Austin to be secretary of defense. The number's at four right now by our count. And if it gets higher, they're going to have to consider pulling that nomination. And uh, that's going to be, you know, a big story. Hans Nichols covers President-elect Biden for Axios, and he's actually speaking to us today from Delaware, where he will be in the press pool today. Hans, have the best day. Oh, thank you. I will have the best day, but first I have to pass my COVID tests to join the pool. We'll be back in 15 seconds with a look at how easy it might be to jump the line for vaccines. Welcome back to Axios Today. In the U.S., we've hit a record high daily death totals from COVID. And the CDC warned us yesterday to expect these tolls to continue for the next two to three months. That's why many eyes were on an FDA advisory panel that did move to recommend emergency use authorization of the Pfizer vaccine. Formal approval is expected soon, and we still have two other vaccines, Moderna and Oxford-AstraZeneca, in the pipeline. But as the distribution rolls out, 
Axios's Caitlin Owens has been asking, after the initial high-priority groups of healthcare workers and nursing home patients, who's going to ensure that the people that need it most get it? So all the experts I talked to for this story said it's going to be a lot harder to enforce just because it's not like we have some kind of ID card we carry with us saying that, oh, yeah, I have diabetes or, oh, yeah, I work at a meat processing plant. This is all still being figured out. And I can imagine a scenario where public health officials want it to be as convenient as possible. So a lot of people do it. Given the amount of skepticism in the general population we're seeing about getting a vaccine, Caitlin, I wonder how likely it is that we see someone say lie to get a vaccine. There's a lot of thought being put into who should get the vaccine first. And that is an important question. I mean, especially with cases as high as they are today, every day that someone who is vulnerable doesn't get a vaccine is another day that they're at high risk because of how pervasive the coronavirus is in the country. That said, there's also super high levels of vaccine skepticism. So the experts I talked to were kind of like, you know, if we are having a problem of so many people lining up that they're skipping the line to try to get it, we would love that. That's the opposite of the problem we're afraid of. Caitlin Owens is a healthcare reporter for Axios. The end of a president's term is when pardons are most likely to happen. Take President George H.W. Bush. Almost half of his pardons came at the end of his presidency. For President Obama, that number was 61 percent. For President Trump, he isn't just accepting pardon requests. According to Axios political reporter Jonathan Swan, he's been discussing giving them out like, quote, Christmas gifts to people who haven't even asked for them. President Trump was having a conversation with one of his advisors and interrupted the conversation to suggest spontaneously that the president would add this advisor to his pardon list. It created this awkward moment because the advisor is not aware of having committed any crimes and figured it might actually not be great for their public image to be included on a list of people who the president has pardoned. Has any other president done this? Is there any precedent for this? I don't know. I haven't studied the history of presidential pardons far back enough, but certainly in modern memory, we haven't had an example of a president loosely calling around, asking people for ideas of who they should pardon, talking to advisors, interrupting conversations to suggest that he add the advisor to the pardon list. It's possible some other president did that, but I'm not aware of it. And to be clear, if he were to do this, this is actually still constitutional, correct? Yeah. I mean, usually you work in close coordination with the Justice Department and it's sort of a very rigorous process. There has been a little bit of that, but a lot of the names that President Trump has been discussing is just names that people he talks to on the phone suggest or people that he comes up with from watching cable news or that sort of thing. So what are you hearing that we may see in these coming weeks then? Well, I think based on what I'm hearing from people who've had these loose conversations with the president, we could see a list of pardons that is even more expansive than has been previously reported. And it doesn't seem that the president has any reticence about pardoning friends, loyalists, Michael Flynn, Roger Stone. These are people that were loyal to Trump, and he repaid that loyalty with a pardon. Jonathan Swan is a political reporter for Axios. This part of December is my least favorite time of the year. Maybe like me, you're just waiting for the winter solstice because the days start to get longer after that. 
But this weekend, the darkness will be good for at least one thing, viewing the Geminids meteor shower. It peaks on Sunday night, when you should be able to see dozens of meteors moving at 78,000 miles per hour. That's 40 times faster than a speeding bullet. The best viewing will be around 2 a.m. local time wherever you are in the world. So find a safe, dark place. And here's a tip from NASA. Lie with your feet pointing south and look up. That's it for us this week. Axios Today is brought to you by Axios and Pushkin Industries. We're produced by Carol Wu, Nuria Marquez-Martinez, Kara Schillen, and Naomi Shavin. Our mix engineer is Alex Sugiyara. Dan Bobkoff is our executive producer. Sarah Kehilani Gu is our executive editor. And special thanks to Axios co-founder Mike Allen. At Pushkin, our executive producers are Leetal Malad and Jacob Weisberg. We love feedback. You can share your thoughts by writing to us at podcasts at axios.com or to me directly on Twitter at Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Have a safe weekend. Listener.